0: Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of Einbleich Consulting, Christian Klepp. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am truly excited to welcome a guest into the show who is in so many ways, at least in my opinion, a B2B marketer on a mission. His mission, in fact, is twofold. One is to continuously improve the way that marketers use social selling properly, and to improve quality. Save time and achieve better results. So, Mr. Connor Dooby, welcome to the show, sir.
1: Yo, what's going on, man? Appreciate you having me. I think you encapsulated that pretty well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I mean, like you know, based on our previous conversation, that's pretty much what I gathered. You are on a mission to do. So, I am truly thrilled to have you on the show. So, let's uh, let's get this conversation started, man. Yeah, sounds fun.
1: Absolutely. Right. Where do you want to start, brother?
0: I mean, you, you know, Connor. You do a lot of things, but I believe one of the things that we talked about uh, during the previous conversation, um, I, I'd like to zero in on that because let's just face it, it's uh, it, it's on the topic of social selling. And if I'm gonna be honest, a lot of people are using that term quite loosely. And um, some people are saying that they're using it, but what, what it actually ends up becoming is a veiled sales pitch, right? So just for the benefit of the audience, um, help elaborate on what you believe social selling is and most importantly what it isn't.
1: Yeah, social selling is not sales or marketing, which is which is interesting. It's kind of a misnomer and I love using the term because you get two audiences. People either immediately tune in and uh focus or they go like, "Oh, this again, social selling," right? So, social selling is not sales or marketing. It's really the marriage between the two. It's really the bridge between the two as especially the pandemic has Um, exacerbated this quite a bit. Sales and marketing really have to work in sync with one another in order to make social selling work, which is simply, I mean, think of the word social. Social applies to social media, digital channels, and selling means you get sales out of it, but it doesn't mean going to social media and selling people. It's about being social. And there's this weird conflict where a lot of folks have had Basically, the rug pulled from under them in terms of how they've done business in the past. So many, many, many have put millions of dollars into trade shows, conferences, traveling, flying, you know, their salespeople all over the place to meet with prospects. What happens when you can't do that anymore? Social selling, man. I mean, you got to be able to apply the same principles. If I went out, I was meeting people in person, building relationships, building relationships, Turning that into business, how do I apply that to the digital world and all of the tools that I have available to me from, you know, LinkedIn, email, uh, text message, uh, video messages? There's so many different ways that this applies versus just going to LinkedIn and sliding up in your prospects DMs and saying, hey, dude, do you want to buy from me?
0: Boom, I think you hit the nail right on the head there, man.
1: And um you're absolutely right to say like look, there's different
0: mediums, right? Social selling is not like okay, you just use one channel and that's it, right? So it's a it it could be one, several or a combination of some of these uh you know these platforms that you mentioned. And 100%. I think it's and I think it's also like to your point. Um it sounds like it's here to stay at least for the foreseeable future. It's not like okay, when everything rolls back to what it was um, pre pandemic, um, people are just going to drop social selling. I, I at least I don't think so.
1: No, because if we live in a world where we're doing interactions through virtual reality, and it feels yeah. like we're literally sitting in this room together that you, social selling still applies people, whatever you want to call it digital selling or digital sales or social selling all the shit's the same, man. I just like the term social selling because I've been using it aggressively for years. And I was talking about this and writing articles on this, years ago before you've seen now the huge uptick in this conversation, because I've actively been applying this. So um I think the nuances and you touched it is it's not about like cold callings dead, because it's not cold calling still works. So does cold emailing. So does social media. But the question is, are you thinking if you're a salesperson listening to this, are you thinking like a marketer in terms of, how, in, you know, how do I number 1 reach people which is the which is the number one factor of social selling is I have to be able to reach enough of the right people that just applies in sales in general number 2 how do I consistently stay in front of them reach and consistency we live in the noisiest busiest most distracted world ever if you're in sales your impressions upon your prospects are big, you know, have to be more than ever before. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 touch points sometimes before you get someone to buy from you. So you have to think like a marketer. That's what social selling does. If you're a marketer, you got to realize at some point, getting likes on posts and getting comments on posts doesn't mean if it's not turning to sales. So that's where they really have to, be cohesive and marry one another and not be kind of siloed out. That's what I love about social selling. Oh, and one thing I mentioned yeah. too is um that, that you touched on. I don't know if I brushed mm. past this, but mm-hmm. it again, it it people get too hung up on the channel. Yes. I don't care what the channel is. What I'm going for is omnipresence. Right. What you what every company, no matter what business, if you're selling B2B, you should be. Identifying the ways that you can be in all places at all times in the minds, the in 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 the eyes and the ears of your target accounts.
0: That's absolutely right. And I mean, like, you know, to your point, reach and consistency, I mean, is, is the name of the game. But yep. um that that um that was a perfect segue into my next question. And you're gonna have a field day with this one, I can tell. Um the most common mistakes and misconceptions you've seen out there. That B2B companies make when it comes to social selling and what you think they should do to address these?
1: Um, they try to impl- they try to get everybody doing it, which always fails. Um, start with one key person on your team, make it successful. That's going to be easy to have a framework to apply to the rest of your you know, group. Um, so I would say people fail because they try to roll out social selling initiatives amongst everybody you know, marketers are like, dude, you know, they're talking to their VP of sales, like, dude, why, why aren't you guys engaging with the content I put out? Why aren't you sharing the posts? And they're sitting over here like, well, it, we're not even talking to our prospects about this. So like, why would you, why would we use this? So implementing and trying to roll out too quickly amongst everybody, but also not, um, marrying the two departments together, you have to marry sales and marketing, if you're going to do social selling effectively. And then I would say, third, sharing a bunch of random ass blog posts from the internet is not social selling. So people are like, dude, I've been sharing all this content, social media, I'm not getting sales. Or I've been, you know, connecting with prospects on social media, and I'm not getting sales. Right? There's actually a framework that has to come together cohesively, because if you're doing one thing or the other, you're also going to fail. You're going to fail drastically. You have to have the right messaging on your social media profiles that connects up with your website, with the other digital channels that you have available to your prospects. Then you also have to connect, communicate with your prospects you have to engage. Engagement is what brings the eyeballs to your messaging. But you can't just do that and not have content, right? Videos, podcasts, articles, stuff that's coming from you, your voice, your personality, your company's, you know, kind of brand voice has to be coming from you, not just sharing a bunch of, again, random posts into LinkedIn and being like, Hey, why aren't I just, why aren't, why aren't sales just raining upon me right now? So you got to have the messaging, got to have the engagement and you got to have consistency And all three of those have to work in cohesion as well. Otherwise, another reason why I often see, you know, people fail at implementing social selling.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, those are such great points that you brought up and there was one that jumped out at me like, whoa. Uh, and I think this is probably the third time that you brought it up in the past couple of minutes. You're talking about the marriage of or marrying sales and marketing, and how important that is in order to make social selling work. So 100%. let's 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 jam on that a little bit more, if if, if we can. Uh, how do you think that should be done properly?
1: Well, it depends on how your organization is set up, but I think mm-hmm. it starts with salespeople should every single per I'm sorry, every single person in marketing, whether you're a two person marketing in sales you know, company, there's two people in both departments, or there's 100 people in both departments, every marketer should be listening into sales calls, attending meetings, and learning from salespeople. Um, Marketers should also be held accountable for profit for revenue growth. And that has to work in better cohesion and communication with sales, vice versa with sales, they need to communicate better with marketing. Hey, these are the trends that we're seeing on the front lines. These are the questions that prospects are asking us. These are the concerns that my recent customer had before he purchased from us. And then marketing needs to be turning that into content, which is currency for your social selling efforts, the content that you're putting out. So Sales and marketing teams, you find they don't even meet with one another. If you can find a way to get together once a week, once a month, a couple times a month, once a day, you know, however, however works for you to get in alignment, but you can't not be communicating with one another. And it seems so simple, but God dang, you'd be so surprised how many companies I talk to Mm -hmm. and I go and I'm you know, doing a consultation with the marketing team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when's the last time you guys did an interview with your sales team? Like, when's the last time you got your sales team together for a workshop and had your salespeople all express and communicate with you the different concerns, questions, pains, problems that their prospects are having?
0: And the answer was a long time ago in a galaxy far away, or like,
1: (laughs) always, almost (laughs) always. And it blows my mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's that's so true, though. I mean, set Um, social selling
1: Mm -hmm. aside, that's just bad practice in marketing, because you wonder why the hell is the sales team and the company overall not using the content that we're creating or the content that we're putting out? Mm -hmm. And come to find out that's that's one of the big reasons is they don't feel like it's actually relevant.
0: Yeah. And, and it's crazy how how much of this disconnect there still is in these organizations, even sometimes regardless of the size, right? The bigger the size, oftentimes the worse it is. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know how they're always talking about like, you know, drawing influences from B to C. So I I, I guess if we're thinking about social selling, what lessons do you think B2B markers can take from B to C specifically uh, with regards to social media and apply that to social selling?
1: Well, I think, B2B and B2C are exactly the same because at the end of the day it's human to human. Um the difference in the nuances are it's not a quick sale that someone's going to buy like it, nobody is going to purchase your B2B product or service just directly from LinkedIn unless it's like maybe a $20 product or service, right? But but when I'm talking about social selling and B2B, I'm talking about 50k, 100k, eight, 7, um seven, 8 figure deals. That's pretty much the most of like our clients, they sell these massive deals, right? So at the end of the day, you're selling to humans. So you have to be human, whether you're selling consumer or you're selling business to business. What I've seen, and I've, and this is from my own interviews that I've done through our podcast is some of the most successful B2B marketers right now, CMOs, directors of marketing, marketing coordinators, they're applying different principles of consumer marketing into their mix. So they're treating a lot of the way they're communicating in more fun and interesting ways. B2B marketing has been very traditionally dry and boring. And so I'll give you an example. If you look at some of the articles I put out, I don't put a dry standard... um, you know, like a stock photo, I use these really funny gifts and humor in a lot of the content that I put out and articles that I write. And that's that's a big pivot I'm seeing is yeah. treating, you know, your marketing like it's a consumer brand, but realizing that you're also selling to five, 10, 15 different people in leadership. Um, there's long sales cycles. Social selling doesn't mean you're gonna go out to LinkedIn and someone's just gonna buy your product or service off of LinkedIn. You still need to consult, you still need to uncover problems, the pains, present the gains, and um, you know go through a traditional B2B sales process. But the acquisition of that conversation is definitely changing.
0: Absolutely, man. And I gotta say at least from the content, uh, the, your content that you put out that I've read, um, boring is not one of the things that comes to mind. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Thank you. Um and 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 to uh, another and to another point and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. You know, you just made me think about something because you know, you you see a lot of this chatter in the grapevine. So whether it's on LinkedIn or other channels that people are saying, "Oh, you got to keep the content short because people's attention spans are are, you know, they they're not that long anymore." And um whereas I'm of the opinion that um if the content is a interesting, uh relevant and helps them, then it could be it could be, in fact, a longer piece of content. Um, you know, have to be, Yeah. So your thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, long form content, short, short form content is the precursor into long form content. So once you have someone's attention, you can definitely keep their attention. I mean, think of a show that you binge recently, but you had to get your attention hooked within the first few minutes of that show. Otherwise, you probably would have just you know, went and watched something else and then come to find out you end up binging eight hours worth of XYZ Netflix show. Happens all the time. Same principle applies with your marketing. Um, Now, what you need to realize is that you're not marketing to logical human beings. No matter how smart your potential customer is, CTO, CIO, CISO, CEO, you name it, you're not marketing to the logic in their brain, right? If you're trying to get long form content out and people to consume long form content, people consume with their primal brain, which is 500 million years old. Your frontal cortex is only three to 4 million years old. So when people initially see your article or see your video or see your podcast or see your graphic or logo that's gonna hook them in to consume longer pieces of content, you have to realize that you have to visually appeal to that primal brain first and foremost before anything because we try too much to sell through text on our website. We talk about what we do at the beginning versus what the pains and the problems are of your customer that you can highlight. If you notice the content that I put out, I never really talk about we, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. I talk about you, 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 you. And there's a psychological reason behind that because people are selfish. People are selfish by nature and that's how they're gonna consume your content and look at potentially working with you.
0: And that is such a great answer. And and I would say like, you know, to your point about like writing it, like where you're directing it at that target audience, you know, the the you, you, you approach. I mean, at the end of the day, the kind of response that you want to elicit is like, hey, Connor's talking to me. Connor's talking about my problem, right? Yeah. This is is definitely relevant to my current situation.
1: Let's have a conversation, right? Look at the most successful marketing campaigns. Got Milk, right? It's asking, do I have milk? You got milk, right? just do it, right? Yeah. Nike. Um, right. And the list goes on and on. Or mm-hmm. even just look at visual successful campaigns. This is from a scientific level, not like just a yeah. woo woo. Um, this is data and, and, and neuroscience that shows, first off, we try too much to sell and communicate with our buyers by trying to make sense and being logical. We are as human beings are not initially logical when we see something cross our eyeballs, our desk, our lizard brain is the first thing to consume and elicit action, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here.
0: We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.imblake.co for more information. Hey, Connor, I'd like to get your uh, thoughts on these statistics. So there's an article that Zoom Info put out, right? And they, they, they dropped a lot of numbers. I'm, I'm gonna pull out three, okay? So point number one, and this is all with uh, with regards to social selling, by the way, right? So as part of the sales process, 73% of salespeople use social selling to outperform their sales peers, right? Point number two, by using social selling techniques, 79% of salespeople achieve their quotas. Hmm. <laughs> and point number three, for professionally relevant content, 91% of executives, at least the ones that were interviewed by Zoom Info rate LinkedIn as their first choice, right? Mm-hmm. So here comes the question, and I and, and I believe you brought up some of the points already in the first couple of minutes of this interview. Why do you think social selling has taken off like so suddenly? I mean, like you were you, you know, in, the, in the beginning of the conversation, you were saying something to the effect of, you've been talking about this for years, right? Mm-hmm. But people haven't really been using social selling for years, not, not many, right? And, and how do you see this trend evolving? Like, where do you think it's going to go from here?
1: Well, I think eventually we will be in virtual reality, meeting each other, doing events, communicating with each other. It's going to feel real, it's going to look real, but um, it's going to allow you to reach people. But then the after effect, like if I go and meet somebody at a, let, let's say I'm still going out and meeting people in person. How do I take advantage of those connections versus anybody else who's at that network networking event? I will connect with you on social media. What do you use most? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Cool, let's connect there. And then I use content to maintain presence with them. So I think more people are going to catch on to this. I think um, everyone being shut down from the pandemic has exacerbated and accelerated this uh, because. Even even a year ago before, like in 2019, I was telling people, you need to build your personal brand. I know you're selling uh, manufacturing services or logistics or telecom, uh, uh, telecommunication deals to small businesses, right? I know that's what you're doing. You need to build your personal brand because how do you maintain presence and engage and interact with your buyers? when you're not in front of them, which if you're not going to do, your competitors are more than happy to take up that white space for you. So um, in terms of trends, I think it's just going to continue. I think the people who'd say, oh, my prospect isn't on social media, which believe it or not, people are still saying that, which is ridiculous. Everyone's on social media, whether it's on email uh, form or online platforms, or it's LinkedIn, or it's Facebook, look at the numbers, I think people are going to catch up to that. And I think it's just going to continue to accelerate from where it's at right now.
0: Yeah, those are some great observations. And um, I I love the one that you brought up about building personal brands. And I think there's been so many reports that have come up um, about that. Um, You you, you know, about like people, especially moving forward that people are going to like, you know, follow personal brands as as compared to like, on company brands, right? So oh, big time, company,
1: yeah. Big time. Look at what John, is uh, it John Legree did with, uh was it AT&T? AT&T? Not AT&T, uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile, right? okay. He yep. did like live streams every Sunday, slow cooker mm-hmm. Sundays. And he did like cooking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that built his personal brand, exploded his personal brand mm-hmm. and also gave people a little more intimacy with the leadership in the company right. and their sales went up. So, you know, from small company to large company, um, personal branding is is the precursor to social selling.
0: Well, thanks for bringing that up. And, uh, you know, let's, let's give our audience some practical advice when it comes to social selling. I mean, you've done some already, but like just two things, all right? So one thing that you think people should start and one thing you think people should stop doing when it comes to social selling?
1: One thing you should do is start. Like, that's my advice. Start. You have to, there is no perfect formula, you're going to kind of find your strides along the way, but you have to start taking action today. So get started on it ASAP. Um, And then the set was the second part of the question was, Stop. Stop. stop doing, stop overthinking it. Stop thinking that engaging online and engaging with your prospect, whether it's on a call or on email, stop thinking it has to be dramatically different than if you're meeting somebody in person and stop thinking that you have to give it all, all the information, all your product benefits and, and um, features and everything of what you're doing. People don't from a scientific level, consume information that way. In fact, you're having the opposite effect. You're, you're, you're making people run away from you.
0: Pushing them away. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's some great advice. Hey, Connor, I really appreciate you coming on um, and, you know, having this conversation with me. Um, just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how, how people can best, uh, you know, get in touch with you.
1: Super grateful for that, man. And, and, and sorry for the time miscommunication, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing somebody got some value out of this a little golden nugget. So for those of you listening, I very much appreciate it. I'm on every social media platform out there. Been an entrepreneur since the age of seven. I've done multiple eight figures in deals. I'm a young dude, but I'm really a practitioner. So if you wanna learn how to apply these things and how I'm doing it, just give me a follow. Like even if you're following me on social media, I have a framework that I've put together over 10 years that I've been implementing for 10 years that you can swipe. So you can find me, Google, social media, anywhere, Connor Doobie, C O N N N. O R C O N N O R, D U B E, And uh look forward to hearing from you guys.
0: Fantastic. Connor, this has been an amazing session. So thanks so much for your time. Take virtual care. Virtual five. Virtual five or fist bump. <laughs> or virtual fist bump. All right. I've done Take that before care.
1: and punched my camera in the face. So now I'm like. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> I'll get as close as I humanly can. All right, man. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. I Never very now. much appreciate it, brother. We'll chat again here soon.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at iMLG, please visit our website at www.imblick.co, and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.